Welcome to another edition of the Three Horsemen podcast. Sean Campbell, Sean Starr, Mitch Gallo, your three horsemen, courtesy of betonline.ag. And we encourage you to use that promo code. Go do it right now. Horseman. And uh, you could tell uh, we're already ready for golf. I got my golf shirt on, my golf hat on. That's pretty much the only golf gear that I own, but I'm ready for Masters Week. I know, uh, Sean, you were off golfing. You're ready for Masters Week, right, Sean? Uh, pretty much. Uh, spent uh, last week in, uh, in Newport, got nine rounds in in about six days. So, uh, uh, Jeff, welcome to the program, dude. I'm, 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 I'm primed, ready to go locally. My hands still have calluses from my trip in California, but I'm ready to put those hands to work with uh, hopefully some, some profitable propositions ahead of the Masters. How you doing, man? I am doing very well, guys. Masters week, quite jealous of all the golf uh, you seemingly got to play over uh, oh. this time of the year but yeah masters is upon us so it only means good things and lots of time in front of the television so our guest today on the three horsemen podcast is uh, jeff feinberg uh jeff just give us a little background because i know that uh, when it comes to golf and when it comes to odds and betting you got to go to you so give us a little background on on, on where, where you're coming from and where you you love uh, the game of golf and and your history with it um, well, I guess just like a lot of people, I love uh, playing golf. I love watching the best players in the world play golf. I love betting on golf myself. Uh, born and raised in Toronto, I spent the most of my adult life jumping from uh, worked at the score, the score satellite radio, TSN, TSN radio, did all that stuff and finally found a niche at maybe the right time in the gambling fantasy space and found a niche betting golf and i'll be honest maybe the only reason i still do this and because it's master's week i can prop it up but uh i hit the danny willett like uh the morning after the super bowl <laughs> proclaimed he was you know bet him to win the masters at 150 wow. to one he won the masters all of a sudden things uh, kind of my trajectory in the space changed and and yeah uh, anytime I got to bring that up I'm happy and it's a fun <laughs> week to do it but uh, I love I love betting on golf and I see a lot of people getting into it and once you get a taste for it betting or fantasy wise you realize it it can uh, be as fun as betting on the other sports which we're so much more familiar with gambling on. Well, how, how does it how does it differ in your mind compared to gambling on the other sports or some of the things you like to take a look at? Uh, obviously, it's an individual sport, so it's not the team sports that we usually talk about. And when you go back to that great pick that you had, like, why did you go with it at the time? Uh, honestly, I just had a newborn and was up watching a ton of European tour golf, and he just seemed to have it and he kind of carried it over because by the time that masters went off he was 12th in the world and was kind of like 50 or 60 to one so doesn't actually hold up as such a, a huge long shot uh um like some others potentially in in masters history but i don't, I don't know just like he passed the eye test that was as simple as that it was a big big number and it and it worked for me and I forget the first part of the question. Sorry. Just in general, um, comparing oh, betting on golf to other sports that we like to look yeah. at. Usually. Well, let's be honest. Like the, the the reality is, especially when it comes to the outright betting market, you make a golf bet. It's kind of like buying a new car and driving it off the lot. I mean, there's 
a thousand variables. This is a smaller field, an elite field, but I never feel like, and I like to do it anyway, that we're getting fair numbers in the outright market. Uh, but it's the only kind of world that I know. You got to be prepared. And I'll say this as a guy, you know, coming on to talk about hopefully winning money this week from the outright market, you got to be prepared to like go cold and have a bit of a war chest. It's not easy to hit an outright golfer. Uh, you know, you gotta enjoy, enjoy those wins. There are methodical ways there. You can choose your own adventure with betting golf. Full tournament matchups are far more conducive to a lot of the, um, you know, newer age gamblers that love to use the gambling, the analytics and making models like they can see true advantages in that in the same way you can see true advantages on your standard like weeknight MLB, NHL, NBA game, that that sort of thing. But yeah, I guess from an outright betting per perspective, um, you know, I got to be prepared sometimes to go a handful of weeks without hitting an outright winner. And that's kind of part of it. It's not like picking a football game aside a total, you know, it's easy. You know, there's a way to battle back. There isn't, there isn't really, you got to just stay committed to it, to be honest. Oh well, yeah. And you got all sorts of options as you alluded to already off the top, Jeff, you know, whether it's group betting or whether it's, you know, a value in a top five or a, or a top 10 finish, uh, various player prop bets, so on and so forth, uh, lowest round scores. I mean, you can you can spread it um, around pretty thoroughly. Um, and let's talk about for a second, like how you go about approaching an invitational like the Masters, arguably the weakest field of any major we're going to watch this year. Knowing, you know, you see J.J. Spawn win the Valspar in San Antonio. I mean, it's so unpredictable. What is that, the ninth different winner this year on tour? We're, we're really seeing a lack of consistency, a lot of new guys winning, even though, you know, he's kind of an older player to win for the first time on tour. Uh, how does that affect the, the, the thinking going into an invitational like the Masters on Thursday? Yeah, the Masters, guys, is honestly its own sort of beast in, in many ways. And to be fair, like if you kind of even bet golf as recently as the Players' Championship, you'll see the sports books are kind of on to what's about to happen here, guys. It's a 90-man field. There's a handful of ex-champions and, and young amateurs that have no chance. 50 guys get to make uh, the cut. It's almost like a glorified WGC, which has no mm -hmm. cut many regards and week in week out like the Valero last week where spawn one uh you know was circling it with Bo Hostler wasn't lucky enough to be on on spawn but you could I like playing long shots and I do throw my darts deeper down the board and can start a card for an event like that like even my first bet could come in at 50 to one this is the masters I truly believe in the Brooks Kepka theory of the demarcation point of how many mm guys can actually win an event uh like this i truly do buy into that so my bet my betting at least outright is more top heavy um although i do like to find some ways to bet some of the longer shots in top fives top tens as we mentioned guys that i think can have strong weeks but yeah this this event is one that i don't really bet it uh, a for once the masters i'd love to get overexposed football season ended a long time ago it's time to you know so i don't want to say lose some money but let's have some fun uh again and um and, and yeah it's just honestly like history has kind of shown us it's a pretty top heavy event and the biggest surprises are sort of even like last year it's like a hideki a guy that you kind of aren't shocked to win it's still 40 50 to one but 
honestly, it's very hard, in my opinion, to think we're going to see a winner north of 50, 60 to 1. Mm -hmm. uh, chatting with uh, Jeff Feinberg here on the Three Horsemen podcast, Campbell, Star, and Gallo. Jeff, uh, just at the top, the favorites, and, uh, you know, it's John Ram, Justin Thomas. Just do you, do you like that they are? I, I know that's where the betting lines are. Uh, clearly, Ram was probably going to be the favorite coming in, and he was a favorite probably months ago. But what do you think of the guys that are at the top of the field when it comes to the odds for the for the Masters? Uh, it's easy to, to, to acknowledge Rom and Thomas. They should be the favorites. I think their games, Rom is on, doesn't feel like he's ever played poorly here. I think the firm and fast greens, uh, might be the perfect cure for what's been ailing him around the greens. Uh, you know, he just leads an approach time after time at the master. So he does seem a perfect fit. I'm just not going to bet the, the standalone favorite, although it was tempting, nor am I going to bet Justin Thomas, who does feel like he's trending and set up very well. With Justin, for, for a player price that low, though, you know, there's a lot of putt luck that it feels like you're going to need to count on for Justin Thomas, who has been struggling in that regard for a little bit of time right now. So I have not pulled the trigger at the very top of the board, although they both scare me greatly. So we were kicking uh, around the uh, the Tiger Woods story uh, right before you jumped on with us, and it's going to dominate headlines. It's going to be the number one thing people are talking about this week. But I was telling the guys, and maybe you could give us your opinion on this, if you're just throwing a few dollars down for fun because you like Tiger and want to be entertained, that's fine. But if you're betting on him to do anything else, I would really say buyer beware. Yeah, I, I, like everybody, I hope he plays. I think it'll be magical. I don't think he's showing up to shoot uh, 80. Like, I don't think that's part of the equation either. But, yeah, I don't know. I've gotten a lot of messages about people showing me their Tiger bets. I, I'm not into it. It's not even like the old classic way of having the Tiger bet, like your classic Vegas ticket that maybe you would just want to have that would be worth a couple bucks. I, I, I'm not seeing any part of that. And I'll be interested to see what sort of prop markets they do mm. come out with for Tiger. I know there's the make the cut to, you know, that wouldn't shock me, but he's 50 to one, 60 to one in the outright market. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not looking to pick on Tiger guys, but if they put him up, up head to head versus like a Shane Lowry, like guys in that oh. similar outright odd, I don't know that I'll be able to resist. And it doesn't mean I want to pick on Tiger, but you know, if I get big plus money on even a Sergio, a Fleetwood, like I'm just naming names that are in that 70, 80 to one. If they're actually going to price head to heads like the outright market, which I don't know that they will with Target Tiger, I might be here to pick on him. At the same time, if he wins, I'll be or, or even plays great. It'll be magical. I'm just not oh. there. I, I'm not seeing any part of even a top ten. Like I'm having a hard time believing it. It would be incredible, and I I love it. But I'm not here. I'm not seeing well, it. No. Plus one hundred to miss the cut. Uh, minus one thirty. Uh, lay a little bit uh, to see Tiger to Tiger make the cut. If you if you if you put a gun to my head right now, I would I would take the plus one hundred to Tiger to miss the cut. I'm the degenerate that watches the driving range. Uh, I, you know, when I went to the Masters in 2019, I didn't leave the driving range. I just waited around, watched guys hit balls, watched guys take lessons. I'm watching Tiger's one-minute uh, commercial through the Masters.com website. Like, I'm watching him hit balls, and I'm watching him walk around the course. 
like just from my very distant perspective, looks like a guy who's really fighting Navy SEAL style to be at Augusta because everybody with a pen and a microphone and a podcast said that he wasn't going to play there. And now he's there with Joey. And I don't know if walking medalist with his caddy translates to walking Augusta and playing over 7,000 yards of, of competitive golf, even though he's won it countless times. It's a pass for me, personally speaking, all day. Jeff, if I could take you down the board, um, looking at guys like Corey Connors, plus 450. We're talking outrights now. Former champ Adam Scott, plus 475, again, in the outright market. Like, if we're talking sample size, in the last 50 rounds for Corey Connors, He's a top 10 ball striker. I mean, are we talking a chance to find an opportunity here at plus 450 for an outright a winner? Or would you rather have Adam Scott if I asked you to pick between the two? Uh, I would probably take Adam Scott, but Adam Scott is the lone guy I came into the week with a bet on already from around Christmas at 80 to 1. But I'm a huge Corey Connors fan. You mentioned the ball striking. He gives himself countless opportunities i believe he was a first round leader as a debutant uh just a couple years ago but scott i i mean his around the green and putting stats are really trending in the right direction which is a great sign for him because we know how prolific he he can be with his ball striking if there was one sort of senior player and it's unfair to even put him in the classification phil would have been in a year ago and the odds certainly reflect that but if there's one guy that I thought would re totally be able to rededicate himself one more time to take on this powerful youth movement in the game, it was Adam Scott. So I do have a bet on him to win this week already uh, to be a two-time Masters champion. Uh, therefore, for that, the purposes of that question, I do lean Scott. So, so that means you were looking at value back at Christmas, like you said, at eighty to one for Scott. Is it when you're looking at the odds heading into the weekend? Do you see any value plays that you've you've highlighted, saying, "Ooh, I I think that they're a little bit off on this one." Uh no, because I think that's honestly hard today, guys. The value, I, I don't know where exactly the value would stand, and I am pretty confident it is going to be one of the better players. Um, but in full disclosure, I couldn't resist, and I'm not like a Team Brooks fanboy, but I did bet mm. Brooks Kepka at 20 to 1. He just seems like the most reliable player in major championships. He shows up time and 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 time again. The stats bear it out. Last year he was not healthy. He was not healthy. Strike that miscut away. He's got a second place here, he's got other top tens here. This season alone, the courses where he's historically played well at, he's played well at. Uh, at Phoenix, he contended. At the Honda, he was 11th. He couldn't hit a putt. And at match play, which is a format that just suits everything Brooks kind of stands for. Uh, it was the first time he was healthy at that event in a couple of years. He played really well. So it's almost a cop-out pick because I can't decide between so many of the others uh, that I'm on it, that I am taking Brooks. And I do believe there's real value in 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 Patrick Cantley and some of those mm -hmm. twenty five to ones I've been seeing I right now. Uh, a month ago, when he lost in a playoff to Scotty Scheffler in Phoenix, it would have been his fourth straight top ten coming off the FedEx Cup. He was a guy that you didn't think you were going to see a twenty five to one this week. I don't care what he did at the Players; it's kind of a tournament that never has suited Cantley. It's a total write off. Um, 
for me so I can ignore his player stats. And sometimes with betting on golf, guys, you have to just convince yourself. You have to create reasons to bet on guys, to not bet on guys. It's this really weird game that that I find myself playing each week. But I do see myself uh, very attracted to to Patrick Cantley at 25 to 1 as well. Well, oh, man, remember that chick with him and uh, that picture with him and all the girls in the hot tub. Um, just when you brought that up, I don't know why I just I just thought of that when you talked about your level of attractive <laughs> to Patrick Cantley. Nevertheless, you know, when I think about, uh, um, you know, Patrick Cantley, when you brought up Adam Scott and you were high on him back in December at 80 to one. I mean, I have to ask you, I mean, looking at Patrick Cantley and how hot he was, even though, you know, the W, the WGC, the match play, uh, the players, excuse me, and then the match play didn't really suit him all that well. I mean, if we go back to December, and Patrick Cantley had to be number one on your list with a bullet, I would figure, right? Yeah, he would have been real high. And and if any, you know, as guys like Cam Smith and Scotty Scheffler have been great, uh, they've kind of r- risen up the, the odds board, and we've gotten maybe a boost on Patrick Cantley. I trust him around the greens. I trust his bogey avoidance. He has that nice mm. ball flight you like at the Masters. He's long enough. Uh, so there's a lot of things I do, I do like about Patrick Cantley. Uh, that, I, but I'm also like from a better, and I got to make the case I am willing to ignore some hiccups over the last couple weeks or or uh, tournament entries that maybe some people wouldn't. Now, uh, I'm, I'm glad you brought up Kep- Kepko because I find he's one of those sexy names. And, and and I like the value that you're talking about there. But the other two sexy names I just want to get your take on uh, because they always get a lot of focus. Uh, McElroy and, and Dustin Johnson. How, how do you see them playing out here? Okay, so I really do like Dustin Johnson. And very few players, at least in the last couple, in the last week or so, saw their numbers drop. Dustin being one of them. Uh, now I'm seeing 16 to ones. It's... So, and I'll, I'll be so mad when like you bet a guy at 20 you don't bet a guy at 16 because you take a few more points it's this whole like mental game you play with yourself as a golf better but i do think dustin is peaking you could argue perfectly he finished the players with an eight under sunday he he went to the match play and he went to the final four this is a guy i where maybe his whole schedule like you look at these golfers and for the masters, it's almost like a mini Olympics. It happens once a year. There's four majors a year, but but all these top super elite golfers in a perfect world, they try to peak at the perfect time, which would be right now. And in that case, it honestly does feel like Dustin who took a long time to rev that engine to start the year does look like it's, he's peaking at the perfect time. Rory, not much buzz about Rory. And, uh, I don't think that's a bad thing at all. I don't think his miscut last week at the Valero is a bad, a bad thing at all. Three of his last six wins have come off miscuts. Previous to the Valero, he gained uh, over two strokes with his approaches in both events. Those are great signs for Rory McIlroy. Everyone wanting the history and Tiger, and I think the presence of Tiger is great for Rory. It's great for Schiller. It's great for Rom. Takes so much oxygen out of this event but the rory grand slam uh a lot of people are totally discounting it off his valero showing i uh, i am not he is a guy i did bet brooks but he's a guy that i am debating making that pick with uh that other pick with potentially over cantley so i'm quite high on rory Mm -hmm. 
Um, looking at some some interesting prop bets uh, as far as potential top 10 finishes are concerned, I'm, I'm really liking Shane Lowry. You know, if I go back to my take regarding Corey Connor, Shane Lowry has been hitting the ball just as crisp, if not, you know, crisper than guys like Morikawa, uh, even um, Patrick Hanley, who we were just talking about getting some uh, some good numbers of plus 425 for, for a top 10 finish. And even Will Zalatoris um, at plus 375 for a, for, a, for a top 10. Can you convince me that those aren't good investments to make ahead of Thursday, Jeff? No, I like both of them as investments. You sort of mentioned the way Lowry's been hitting the ball. Uh, statistically, it has been better than some of the guys priced half his number. I do wish... I was getting a bigger outright number if I was considering Shane Lowry, but I mean, Florida and his recent events have been really, really kind uh, to Lowry and there could be some weather this week. And he kind of fits that if things turn hairy as well, he's almost the perfect guy you might want. Will Zalatoris. I have bet him at 40 to one. Mm. I have bet him at 40 to one. I know it is a huge ask. He's never won a tournament before. And I'm asking him to win the Masters. And I may, and so that's, that is something that you have to get over. I think the short putts, it could be a little over exaggerated. He's missed, no. uh, someone actually did the math, which is pretty crazy, but he's missed 10 of his 396 putts this year inside five feet. You're nervous, but he did change uh, his stance and his, uh, he did make some putter technique changes before the match play and it seemed to have done wonders for him he finished second place here last year the one thing last week that i didn't think i was going to bet him for was because what i already told you it's just too big of an ask and all i would have needed from him would have been like to win the sanderson farms or win the rsm or even win some ridiculous silly subfield event and then this morning i woke up and said wait if he won some subfield event, I would have already bet this. Well, he lost in a playoff at Torrey Pines. And that's got to count for more, in my opinion. And the, the events that he contends in, they're like major championship hard venues. Torrey Pines, Quail Hollow, the Masters. He just seems like his first win is just as likely to be in some, like, jabroni field event, the 3M in Detroit, as it is to be some super stacked field I've convinced myself of that, but I like both of them certainly for top tens. All right, guys, to wrap up here on the Three Horsemen podcast, courtesy of betonline.ag, Campbell Star Gallo. We have uh, Jeff Feinberg. Uh, follow him on Twitter at gfeinberg17, uh, giving us uh, all the odds and the breakdown of each player. <laughs> Why don't we just uh, pick some winners? Give me a, a winner and maybe a long shot. So give me two names. I'm going to ask each of you. Uh, it, could, it could both be long shots for all I know. I'm going to start things off and uh, take Justin Thomas and uh, Sergio Garcia as well. Those are my two. Gallo, I'll go to you. Give me uh, well, two names. Yeah, you, you know what? Jeff, with everything he just told us, really sold me on uh, Dustin Johnson. Um, so I'm going to go with Dustin Johnson as my favorite pick. I don't know what you're looking for as far as, um, you know, how much or how big a long shot we have to look at. I will accept anything. Will you accept uh, Spieth as a long shot? Sure, we didn't mention him. How about that? That's a long shot because we didn't even mention him. <laughs> Star? Um, I got to pick. He's still on the board. I feel like I'm doing a draft. I'm going to go with Scotty Scheffler. He's the, the hottest golfer on, on the planet right now. Uh, I, I fell in love with Scotty's dad after that embrace. Uh, not only is he a great golfer, but he's just a great human being too. I just got to back Scotty Scheffler, and I'm going to stick uh, to Corey Connors 
at almost, uh, I mean, it's dropped. He opened at 50 to one. He's dropped yeah. down. I love his ball striking. And man, if he could just, if he can just putt, if he can just find four days with the flat stick, man, there's, I love our chances of, of another Canadian man bringing home uh, the green jacket one day. Yeah. No or one's taking Mike. Sunday would be nice too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jeff, Jeff, give me a pick and a long shot. I know you dropped a few uh, in this conversation. Yeah, so I'm. I guess I'm going to take Brooks Kepka. He just seems to be built for this stuff, and and uh, yeah, more Brooks Kepka hoarding more majors. I guess in that <laughs> regard, uh, long shots. So they feel super rare. Even something around fifty to one these days feels like a potential Masters long shot. I'm going to say um, Adam Adam Scott. Uh, yeah, you well, you had him at eighty to one, so you might as well just stick with it. I like that you're sticking to your guns there, Jeff. Uh, Jeff, really appreciate you taking the time to join us here on the Three Horsemen podcast, courtesy of BetOnline.ag, and may all your uh, bets. I know that all of them can't work out, but I hope some of them do. I I certainly hope to have a a Sunday hero this week, friends. <laughs> Amen, brother. Thank so, you, Jeff. So we are. Thank you very much, Jeff. That's it for us on the Three Horsemen uh, podcast. Use that promo code, Horsemen. Let us know what you think. Make your picks uh, down below. That's it for us. We'll be back next week.